0: Hey everybody and welcome back to the Hawks Faith and Freedom podcast. I'm putting this podcast out on 9-12 because, you know, 9-11 20 years ago was, it was a chaotic day. Um, where was I on 9-11? I was actually in fourth grade. And, um, I do remember it being a beautiful, crisp September morning. I mean, you couldn't ask for a prettier day. I went to school like any normal kid. It was just a normal day. And, uh, why, you know, I'm explaining a lot of this because I was a kid then, and, there's people walking the earth right now that were not even alive when 9-11 happened which even to me even though I was a young kid to me that's crazy that you know if you're 20 years old or whatever you're you're learning about this in, in books and seeing what you've seen on TV you didn't get to live and feel what America felt on that day and believe me I felt it at just nine years old. We didn't know anything about it. You know, obviously, looking at the timeline now, um, at 8.46 in the morning, you know, I was in school. I was just doing my thing. Um, My teacher never said anything. There really wasn't much chaos in the school. My school decided to stay calm and just kind of go as business as usual when I think I think some schools throughout the country actually sent their kids home. But my school just kind of kept the calm. It wasn't until about 3pm is when I found out my teacher came in and wanted to relay the message to us and she said um, that our nation was under attack today. And she started to tear up. And, and New York City, Washington, D.C. Were attacked. My immediate thought was, where's my father? Because my father worked in the city. Um, he was uh, working for a heavy construction company and he was bringing loads in and out of the city and, and uh, you know later on I found out that he was right across the river when the South Tower was getting ready to collapse um, I got home, I got on the bus, I got home my mom was in tears she was talking to my grandmother on the phone um, didn't know what was going on you know We've never been under attack before like this. Um... So my... You know, my grandmother was thinking about sending us kids up there. uh, Up in the mountains where it was a little safer. Um, You didn't know where the next attack was going to be. I remember my mom trying to get a hold of my dad. He didn't call right away. Um and just sitting there watching this stuff on TV. Um, that's where I was. And I'll get into the aftermath afterwards, but I do want to kind of summarize the events that took place that day for any of those that... Uh, have never read about it, or I'm sure you've watched plenty of videos nowadays, but on a clear sunlit morning of September 11, 2001, most New Yorkers were on their way to work when an explosion bulleted through the air. In lower Manhattan, people stopped and raised their eyes, hardly believing what they saw. The North Tower of the World Trade Center The tallest building in the city was burning. A gaping hole gouged in the side. A passenger jet had smashed into the building at about the eightieth floor. Sixteen minutes later, as soon as people were starting or staring at the first building, another airliner crashed into the second tower traveling at more than 500 miles per hour, carrying massive amounts of fuel. The plane created a volcanic fireball and blew out the sides of the structure along several floors. The explosion sent panic through New York City and the nation. While the second crash... Or with the second crash It was immediately clear that This was not an accident New York City was being attacked And it was not the only target As Americans turned on their radios and televisions They learned that A third hijacked plane Had crashed into the fortress of the US military The Pentagon Killing 188 people Yet another plane had been hijacked And was still in flight All aircraft flying over the United States were ordered to land immediately at the nearest airport. Incoming international flights were diverted to Canada. In New York City, as smoke poured from the Twin Towers, emergency rescue crews and firefighters from all parts of the city converged at the scene. Paper, shards of glass, sections of the building And even parts of the plains were scattered everywhere. On several floors of the towers, trapped workers leaned out shattered windows and waved handkerchiefs and clothing calling for help. Others were more desperate. From below, people watched in horror as some people jumped to their deaths. To escape the flames, you know, when I when I see photos of people jumping and and relive that, um, you're either you 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 know, in that moment when if you were above the attack, above the structure or the explosion, you had one, you had two choices, either be burned alive or jump. There was no other option. I want you guys to think about that for a second. Put yourself in that. Feel that. This is why we can never forget. You need to feel that. Imagine you're standing at the top of that tower. And the human body... Burns up at about 150, 350 degrees. And meanwhile, it's more than a thousand degrees inside that building. People are dying just being in there. And you only have one choice to get out of the building, and that's to jump. That's, uh... That's heartbreaking. Those who could leave the buildings were being evacuated as quickly as possible. The process of reaching those trapped, however, was slow and difficult. Burdened with heavy equipment, firefighters had to ascend dozens of flights of stairs that were filled with smoke and debris. In the middle of the evacuation and rescue efforts, another disaster began to unfold. The top of the south tower, the second tower to be hit, began to sway and tilt. In moments, the entire building began to collapse. On the streets below, people began to run for their lives. The crushed, the crush of steel and concrete accelerated as it descended, creating a roaring, rushing wave of suffocating dust that poured through the streets. People ran ahead of the wave, losing shoes and clothes, struggling to find shelter in shops, under vehicles, anywhere they might be safe. The incredible force of the collapse wrecked adjacent buildings and crushed subway tunnels underneath the towers the remaining north tower continued to burn but it too was weakening as people walked north to safety many cast glances back to see if the remaining tower would fall it held for another 30 minutes then collapsed in another ocean of dust Most stared in horrified disbelief as it fell. But a veteran New York newspaper reporter later admitted, he turned his face away. I couldn't watch it. I just could not watch it. As night came on September 11th, candles burned in New York's Union Square for those missing and lost. The city was veiled in grief, smoke and fear. Fires would continue to rage in the wreckage of the towers for weeks. To come as firefighters and rescue workers, search for survivors, and few would be found. Other fires burned as well. One had kindled slowly but now blazed in the minds of many Americans. They demanded to know who would do such a terrible thing to their country and why. I read that summary and it's tough to get through because it makes me think about the day after My dad, I consider him a hero of 9-11. I think anybody who worked at Ground Zero is considered a hero of 9-11. My dad wasn't home a lot after 9-11. He and his company were called in to help clean up Ground Zero. And that's what he did. He would be hauling out steel... And trash and taking it to the Staten Island landfill where they would sift through all the stuff to find bodies and any kind of DNA. It was a terrible thing. My dad took my brother in there first with him one night uh, for work, and he took me in there as well. Um, I didn't go all the way through, I, I, you know, cause my dad was off duty that night, but we drove into the city and, uh, he had a pass to get into ground zero, but the rest of us didn't. Um, and so I could see, you know, from where I was standing, I could see, you know, the, the famous skeletons of the towers sticking up out of the ground and, and, uh, You know, I saw it with my own eyes at nine years old. And when your dad's trying to explain to you why this happened, my dad just told me that our nation was under attack for our beliefs and our freedom. And um, that lit a fire in me. See, people. Days after, you know, this country was a completely different country than what you're seeing today. People were holding one another. People were hugging one another. We didn't have political differences. We did, but nobody cared because that's not what mattered in that moment. We all came together as Americans. You've heard of United We Stand. 9-12 was the perfect example of those three words. And I remember the days after, I was standing up at the corner at my local Wawa, right off the exit of the parkway, exit 91. And everyone was standing outside Wawa, first it started out with a couple people and then people just joined in and we were out there with flags, waving flags, USA, USA, we all loved each other, we were all friends, I still feel that, even though I was 9 years old. I experienced the real 9-12. I stood out there with an American flag with my neighbors. And, um... It's a shame what we're seeing today, 20 years later. Our country is the most divided it's ever been. The 20 year anniversary. <laughs> yeah, you could watch it on TV and it sounds all beautiful and great about maybe this might ignite people to come together, but it won't. It won't. 9 11 is that day of remembrance. Just for one day, can we please just not be divided? But we can't. We have our own president doing a photo op in New York. President Biden didn't speak on the 20th anniversary, George Bush did. Trump made a sur- surprise visit to the firefighters. Biden showed up took a few photos and left along with his other previous administrative previous administrations Obama Clinton probably the three worst administrations in American history all sitting there right there next to each other and they didn't even shake people's hands they didn't shake firefighters hands they didn't do anything they just slowly walked away and as they should because they're shameful people where I'll give Obama credit is that he made the call to go in and kill the mastermind behind the 9-11 attacks I think it was 10 years 10 years later uh, almost 10 years it was May 11th or May first, two thousand eleven. I couldn't. Re- I can't remember off the top of my head what day, exact day it was. I think I believe it was two thousand eleven, though. And I remember where I was for that too. I was on my way to Long Island, listening to a Mets game on AM radio, and in the background, in the white noise, all you hear is USA. USA, And I'm like, what is going on? And even the announcers, Howie Rose, didn't know what was going on. Until a couple minutes later, he announced over the radio that uh, the president just came out and announced that Osama Bin Laden has been killed. And I remember, and it was almost like everyone on the highway, as I was driving down the Belt Parkway, Everyone on the highway must have heard it at the same time. It's almost like everyone was listening to the Mets game. Because people started honking their horns and waving their fists in the air. And people were outside. Yeah, you know, even 10 years later. People came together to celebrate. But 10 years after that, what are people doing? They're more worried about COVID vaccine mandates. It's a shame. You know, speaking of the Mets, I remember exactly where I was when Mike Piazza hit that famous home run. The first game in New York, back, you know, 10 days after 9 11. September 21st, in the bottom of the 8th, Mike Piazza hit that home run to come back and win it. And the stadium was electrified. It's what we needed. And I was sitting at home on the couch. My mom was screaming. I was screaming. It was just exciting. I remember every aspect of a result of 9-11 because it hit me that hard to the point that I wanted to join the military in which I did. I went on a reserve contract and I've deployed once. My brother served in Afghanistan. And I myself am in the process of trying to become a firefighter. Since that day, I have wanted to live a life of service. I have been trying to find a career that will help this nation. And I'm currently doing that at 29 years old. And I will never stop until I find the job that I want. But I believe becoming a firefighter is probably the right fit for me. Those men were heroes. Those cops were heroes. So if you're listening to this podcast, if you come across this podcast, and even if you don't even like this episode, even if it sucks, to you, I'm going to leave you with this. That... If 9-11 didn't impact you, it impacted everybody differently, but you need to be doing something for your country. I don't hear Joe Biden saying, ask what you can do for your country. He's more worried about, do what I say or else. I just advise you to get out there volunteer at your local fire department consider becoming a police officer join the military do something worth doing because that's how I spent the last 20 years since 9-11 I have been wanting to do something worth doing I've said it multiple times on this show that I hate my job I don't like doing what I do and it pains me inside every day that passes by that I'm not doing something that's why I'm trying to get into the fire department I am tired of just sitting around doing nothing. A meaningless job. You need to have that same fire in you. Forget about the media, forget about the current politics. Just do something. 9-11 had that kind of impact on me I'm not going to lie. I think about 9-11 very, very often. May not come up every single day. But there's days that I go to work. And um, it does cross my mind. When I walk into my local firehouse, I think about those firefighters. Firefighters. is a different world, but if more people took action, stopped worrying about becoming famous on TikTok and Instagram and all this nonsense and actually became a true hero, life might be a little better for all of us.